you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. This week, Gone with the Bushes takes you to Japan. Japan. What? And Erin is going to do a lot of the talking about the artisticness of this film. <laughs> oh, she is. <laughs> because, because what I read was this was like, like a breakthrough in artistry and, and such. <laughs> yeah, this was everyone, everyone who is anyone as far as film directors, is always like, oh, Rashomon, Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. And the, the characters will be referred to by me by character one, character two, character three, and the woman. <laughs> the woman. <laughs> because I have no idea what anyone's name was. We don't really know what their names are, but we know like what their... I, I have names for the characters. Okay. I do want to give a cough disclaimer before we get started. I might cough. I will try to cough away from the microphone. Yeah, we don't. This isn't a studio thing. We don't have cough buttons. And I also want to give a disclaimer that um, for a long time, Aaron couldn't hear me because I had my earphones plugged into the wrong place. I couldn't hear her. She could hear me. So we have had a rocky start. <laughs> And it was, of course, all my fault. I thought it was my fault, but I, I suspected when when all things started lining up and and I was putting the pieces together, I was like, well, there sounds like there's only one thing that this could be. Yeah, and at one point I said, "Poppy, I'm sure it's my fault," and he said, "I'm sure it is." Okay, <clears throat> which I what. It was though really funny when I did ask, "Do you have the mic, the earplugs plugged in to the correct place?" The sarcastic response that I was given. Oh, sure. I was so sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, moving on. Give the particulars. Rashomon. I don't need. Okay. Another disclaimer. I apologize for my pronunciation, pronunciation, my, I apologize for my pronunciation of pronunciation of all of these Japanese names. Right. I'm going to butcher them and I apologize. Uh, and no disrespect was intended. None whatsoever. I didn't learn how to read until I was in the third grade and phonics has never been my strong suit. And that was English. Yeah. So... <laughs> <clears throat> All right, 1950, Rashomon, directed by Akira Kurosawa. He is very famous Japanese director. He also directed numerous films, among them Seven Samurai and Yojimbo. He, um, this was written by Akira Kurosawa in Shinobu Hashimoto. Oh, that sounded pretty good. It is based on... In a Grove, which I always read as in a groove, <laughs> but it's in a grove, <laughs> by music, come on. Roy Onosuke Akutagawa. Mm -hmm. It is starring Tashiro 
my foon or me foon. He's he's a, he was one of, he was the most famous Japanese actor in whatever we call before the turn of the century, in like from like the from now the 1950s to like when he passed away, like. He he was the Japanese uh, Japanese man, and he was the main character. He was the bandit. Bandit. That's what yes. I called him. The bandit. And, and then we have, oh, Makioki Koi. I don't know who that. I don't know who the rest of these people portray. And I am. There's I deeply, no reason for us to butcher their names. I'm deeply apologetic, but I will say them to give them credit. Masayuki Mori, Takashi Simora, and Minora Chayaki. Well done. The director of photography, I mean, this movie, this movie is big time, big time influential, not only in the story structure, which is super influential, but also in the way that it was shot. And the director of photography is Kazuo Miyagawa. I'm pretty sure that I butchered his first name. I apologize for that. It's the first time a camera was ever um, set to the sun, yes? Um, yes. So Akira Kurosawa was a trained painter. And all of his storyboards for all his films were full-scale paintings. So mm. this guy knew about light and they wanted to use a lot of natural sunlight in it. But anyone who has ever worked with film, um, you think it's super bright outside and the film's like, no, this doesn't have enough light. So they used a lot of mirrors to make the sunlight more intense. And there's a lot of plays with shadow, the shadows, light and dark in this movie. See, that's what she'll have to explain to you. Okay. So that's, those are the particulars. It is a black and white film. Mm -hmm. It starts out with a lot of Japanese writing. Right. It's all these shots. It's raining, really hard rain. And all of, it's, it looks like a, kind of like a ruin of, of some sort. Just these shots of the rain going over it. And it was 1950, so I thought it was either a house or a temple, and it looked like it had been bombed. Well, this doesn't take place in 1950. Oh. This is like taking, because they're samurai, so this is taking place um, in some century where they're samurai, usually in the 18th or 19th century. <laughs> 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 you're just you were just looking at it like it's 1950 it's probably hiroshima where this probably bombed out this like had to deal with the war and people are wearing just tatters but the, yeah their clothes are in tatters but there there was a shot that looked like a bomb casing to me outside the house oh or temple no i assume was a temple anyway yeah. moving on it's some sort of gate or temple and it's there's a, the sign is like rashomon so that's the gate and i think right. it was a gate between two cities 
Um, I didn't really heavily research that. There's a lot more research that could be done for this. Okay. <coughs> well, dude number one, there are two dudes sitting in the rubble of this place with tattered clothes. Well, yeah, because this is where they, the only place where they can seek shelter. And these two guys are just sitting there. And to use the parlance of our times, these two guys are shook. Like, they yeah. are shook to their core. And and number one says, I just don't understand. And number one will be referred to as the woodcutter. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. There's the woodcutter, and then the other guy is a priest. Yes, I got that. And, the, and the, uh, there's a third man running through the rain to get to this shelter. Right, he's just a commoner. And he says, what's wrong? And this, well, he doesn't say what's wrong. The woodcutter who is shook is just keeps repeating, like, I just don't understand. I just don't get it. I don't understand. And the priest who shook is it just like starts is just spouting off weird, like, um, priestly, I don't understand type stuff. Yes. And, and, um, the guy who runs up to them, who I call number three. Yeah, the commoner. Says, tell me what you don't understand, because we have a wives priest here. And the pre and somebody says, I thought it was the priest, not even a wise priest has heard this strange story. Yeah, they're just like, this, this story is so strange. And then the priest kind of starts waxing poetically about, <clears throat> again, about priest things. And the commenter stops him and is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I got time to hear a crazy story because we're not going anywhere because of this rain. But if you're going to just be preaching a sermon to me, I'd rather just listen to the rain. So the commenter guy just walks off because he's like, I don't need to be preached to, buddy. I want to hear this story that has both of you so shook. So they say that um, there was the courthouse garden and and a man was murdered. Right. So I guess the story started at the courthouse garden because that's where they heard it. I, listeners, have a lot of questions. Oh, well, no. Movie, okay. So, so the, the guy, he starts telling his story and he says that it all happened three days ago. Right. So he's he was going into the woods to, to find some wood. That Hence why he's the woodcutter. So he has an axe and it's this really long but beautiful. I mean, this is why we're talking. This was, this was state of the art and revolutionary, this sequence. For 1950, because it's the woodcutter walking through the woods and there's the canopy shots of the light coming through the trees and the woodcutter running through them. And the, the camera, this is the first time, really, well, one of the early times of handheld camera because there's the guy walking and there's the trees around him. So it really creates this ambiance. It's very beautiful. Um, but it did make me wonder... Why is this guy walking so far into the woods to I get wrote wood? That down. Because he's <laughs> passing tree everywhere around him is trees, 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 I trees, know. and he's he's just walking, walking, walking. And I'm like, you're going all the way out here to cut wood, which means you have to walk all the way back with the wood. 
But I didn't think about the walk back, but I'm going, why are you going so far? Okay, so <clears throat> sorry. Um, so they go, well, a man was murdered. And so number three, the commoner says, just one? Who cares? Well, On top of the gate, you'll find five or six bodies every day. Yeah. And so the priest says, uh, in his totally shaken demeanor, uh, war, earthquake, winds, fire, famine, plague, year after year, nothing but disasters, bandits every night, so many men killed like insects, but nothing like this story. And you're like, you so you're said, going, damn. What? It's going to be a hell of a story. Let me hunker it down to hear this story. This is, you know what this reminded me of? And it just occurred to me. This is Dateline. <laughs> Keith Morrison. Keith Morrison narrating this Dateline. That's true. Mm -hmm. And the priest says, this time I finally lose my faith. He's the priest is so shook that he has given up his faith in humanity because of this one story. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking this man, this has got to be a doozy. And 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 as this is going on, the commoner is tearing wood off of I assumed it was a temple to. So so the destruction of the temple he's using to build a fire for them. Yeah. But, hey, this, this temple is in ruins. It's raining. They need a fire. This is survival. And also, this isn't 1950s Japan. This is feudal Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, people. Okay. Um, and so, number one, the woodcutter says, maybe you can help me understand about those three. The rain isn't going to stop, so tell me. So he starts with three days ago. We mm -hmm. went into the woods. And I wrote, how far you got to go? Right. And he sees a hat with a veil in the bushes. And he finds what I later found out was a cap of a samurai. I had no idea what that thing was. It took me so long. Well, we'll get to it. But yeah, every time I see it, I was I thought, is that his hairstyle? <laughs> what is that on his head? And then I thought when he picked it up with the with the laces streaming down, I thought it was a shoe. Is it a shoe? No, it was a, a cap of a samurai. Then he found some rope that had been cut, and then he found the body. Oh, and the body reveal is awesome. It's a reverse shot. All you see is his hands. The what do you call that? Like. The claw hands. Yeah. So it's the body's point of view looking up through the claw hand. I say, ah, Kurosawa. See, I, I didn't get that. And so he runs off for the police. Yeah. <clears throat> and I thought, well, look, now look how far you have to run now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you had just been lazy and chopped the first tree you saw, none of this would have happened. Exactly. Or if you'd waited a while and, and you're... The place where you are is is full of really cheap wood. <laughs> anyway, so he's called to testify. So there's 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 a shiny amulet case with red lining. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Okay, so the priest 
um, says, I met the man before he was murdered. He was walking on the road. There was a man with a woman on a horse. So the man is the samurai and the woman on the horse is his wife. Right. Little did I know he was armed with a sword and that he would die like this. Yeah. So the priest is walking as priests do in Japan. And he come, he sees them and sees them walking. And I, I think he's like, oh, hello. And they're like, oh, bow and nod. And he goes on his way. And then I have someone else with the bandit testify. Oh, so then this guy. Yeah. So then the bandit testifies. And the guy with the bandit is the guy that caught the bandit. Because the bandit is a bandit. <sighs> Correct. So, ban, ban, you know, it's it's kind of in the Westerns that we're, accom- that we're accustomed to because Kurosawa did, he was heavily influenced on Western stories and authors. So think of this as like a Western and how you have like the bandit guy. Instead old. of a spaghetti Western, it's a sushi Western. Okay, it might be a little problematic. <laughs> Um, yeah. Continue. But I, I get it. Okay, spaghetti. Yeah, okay. So he, this guy has been trying to get the bandit, and the bandit's always slipped through his grasp, and he finally comes across the bandit. I didn't really understand this part when he comes across the bandit, because the bandit. Oh, yeah. There were a whole bunch of arrows around him and the samurai that was with the woman, she had a whole, he had a, he had a sword and a bow and arrows with eagle's feathers in them. Yeah, I forgot about that. And when this guy comes and finally catches the bandit, there's a horse, the bandit had a horse, he was at the edge of the river and he looked like he, I, I thought that he had been shot up by arrows, but I guess he hadn't. Me too. So it looked not, like he had arrows sticking out of his back. Yeah. And he kind of like, he kicks the guy that catches him into the water. And somehow the he guy catches the, the bandit. But the bandit, that's this, t- t- what is this guy? The, the Mifun, Mifun, like famous actor guy. He has this laugh where he's just, this dude's crazy. Yes. He I mean, comes you're across sure crazy. off the wall bonkers. Actually, everyone in this film has the craziest laugh ever it's everyone cackles maniacally yes in this film but the bandit most of all oh my so, gosh it's like he's he's yeah he's like <laughs> yeah it was like that yeah you're just whoa this is it's like the joker basically um so he so the guy has the bandit he's tied up and he's testifying you know that he caught the bandit and so then it's the bandit's turn and the bandit tells his story right correct yes yeah and the bandit was uh was not happy that the uh, that the guy who caught him said he fell off his horse oh he said yeah. he didn't fall off his horse he was so thirsty he was drinking from this stream and obviously a dead poisonous snake was <laughs> upstream cuz you know that's what you just assume happens when you get a bellyache. Oh, like, maybe it's because like you probably have a questionable diet and you were drinking out of this stream. I'm sure there's so many waterborne parasites in there. Oh, thank you. 
So so he had a bellyache, and that's why he fell. I guess that's why he was all... Maybe we just imagined the arrows, but it wasn't there. Oh, my gosh. We just did the Rashomon effect. We just did the Rashomon effect on the movie Rashomon. Yes. Because I was just thinking, well, if he did drink dead poisonous snake, that's why he's crazy now. And so the 17 arrows, maybe they weren't really there. What? So I guess I guess at this point it's a good time to explain what the Rashomon effect is. Okay, go ahead. So the Rashomon effect occurs when the same event is given contradictory interpretations by different individuals involved. The effect is named after Akira Kurosawa's 1950 film in which a murder is described in four mutually contra- contradictory ways by its four witnesses. So Ma and I have contradictory views on how this bandit got to be caught. And that right. is the Rashomon effect. Ta-da! Correct. And usually you do it, uh, your, your perception makes you look good. Right. Yeah, it didn't work about the plug in the microphone. Okay, so he says he saw the same couple, and if not for the wind... He would not have killed the man. So this is what. So he's he's a bandit. He was out being bandity things, and he decided that he was going to um, take a nap. Now I thought that he had had a that this was when he had the stream and he drank the water and it gave him a belly ache, and so he was kind of laid out after you know he had had his diarrhea incident he had a no knock raid he had a no knock raid serious situation and you know after that happens you're always tired you you need a, you need a breather so he, away from the no knock raid yeah so that's where he was he was just kind of posted up on this tree just kind of like feeling real grateful that he was out of the no knock raid situation yeah, he survived. Right, that he survived, he's still living, and he's starting to, to he's just grateful at this point. Because even right. bandits have no-knock raids. Exactly. So he's there, and and he's kind of sleeping, and he sees this, he sees the, the, the guy and the woman on the horse, and the guy, of course, is a samurai, and he sees the bandit, so he's, you know, I and the bandit. He's got his hand on his samurai sword because he's like, all right, you know, what's this guy going to do? And the bandit's just like, man, come on. I just I just poop my brains out. <laughs> I, ain't nobody got time for this. I just want to be. Yeah, just leave me alone. Yeah, just Seriously. let me sleep. I don't care. Just like, get on. Kick rocks. So the, the samurai and his wife walk by. And just then, the guy, the bandit's eyes are closed, and just then a breeze comes. And, you know, he had sweated a lot from the no-knock raid. And anyone knows when you have sweat and you have that much perspiration and a breeze comes, it makes you chilly. You shiver. So he woke up because he got cold, and he didn't have a blanket to, to cover himself in. So he, And right as he woke up, he caught a glimpse of that woman's foot. And I guess this guy... Has a thing for feet. I think he has a foot fetish. Because he woke up and said, what? Oh, snap. Look at that foot. And then he kind of followed what the foot was attached to. And 
she was all covered. She had her hat on, and it, it was all covered in long veils. Yeah. Because evidently nobody's supposed to lay eyes on her. Well, I it's thought really, also because it was humid and there were a lot of mosquitoes. Because the yeah. bandit kept, like, swatting at mosquitoes on him. Right. And also, she probably didn't want to get any sun. Because heaven forbid anyone get dark. No. No. And the breeze lifted the veil so that he could see ah! her face. Oh. And he instantly fell head over heels in love. He didn't fall head over heels in love. He oh, fell he head over heels in lust. lust. He was basically like, I'm a bandit. That's a woman. Mm. Time to do what I do. Time to time to take what I want. So glad the no-knock raid's over because... Mm-hmm. I got business to take care of. Got some business. So he decides, I'm going to have that because he's abandoned and he even says, I'm abandoned. I see what I want and I take it. And he says, oh, you know what? But I think he didn't want to kill the guy. So He said, I saw a goddess. Uh, my intention was to take her without killing him. Right. So... He he lets them pass, and then he kind of walks up onto him, and he takes out his sword. And the samurai, oh, he takes out his sword, and he is about to like, what? You have your sword out at me? And then he does his cackle laugh, and I'm just like, that laugh, samurai, you should have just chopped his head off. Yeah. Nobody who laughs like that has good intentions, right? And the bandit hands him. The, the butt of his sword and says, hey, look at this sword. Do you like it? It's a really nice sword. And the samurai, well, because first the bandit's like, whoa, slow your roll, buddy. And then says, do you like this sword? There's a temple and he looted the temple and he dug, he buried the rest of his loot and he can, t- if he likes the sword, he can take it to where all the loot's buried, you know, for a nice little price. That's right. He'd sell. He could sell them. They're they're in a mound, um, uh, mirrors and swords, mm-hmm. and he could sell them. Uh, he'd uh, he'd get them cheap, and then he could sell them for more money. Right. So he has a. He comes at the samurai, the, the samurai husband, with a business proposition. Yeah. So the next thing we see, the woman's by the river. Yep. And the samurai and the bandit climb the hill. Right. And the samurai doesn't trust him because he is a bandit. He's a bandit. Bandit's going to bandit. And so he keeps telling the bandit, you walk in front. But when they got to the rise of the hill, the bandit goes, it's right over there. Go ahead. And he forgot about that instinct. And he went ahead. And? And, you know, bandit's going to bandit. Bandit, like, attacks him, right? He did, and he tied him to a pine tree. Right. So then he, Bandit comes back down all by himself, and he's like, <laughs> Ooh, goody, goody, goody. Look what I got. And he goes and he tells the, wa- the wife, which is the goddess, Oh, your husband's fallen ill. And the god, the woman knows what's up. When her husband doesn't come back down, yeah, I think she's like, "Well, crap, I'm about to get raped," yeah, because that's what I was thinking. And she has this look, and the bandit says the look that was on her face 
she went very pale and she just had this look on his face and the bandit instantly wanted the the goddess to see how pitiful her husband was tied up Mm -hmm. so instead of just taking her right there he he drags the woman up to the mound so she's running through the woods she drops her veil her hat veil that the guy finds and goes up there and he the band say look at your husband that's your husband that's your man look at him tied to a tree can't even do anything and then whilst i do this yeah and then the woman the band is gonna about to move in for the rate and the woman she takes out a a dagger right Mm mm-hmm and she starts, she's just furious, fury, defending herself, lunging at him and wildly. And the bandit is laughing and he, he likes this. He says, whoa, I saw the ferocity in her eyes and I fell. In that moment, he was, he was ready to be done a bandit and he was just in love with this woman. He, yeah, he was like, no matter what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be with this woman. Look at her fire, damn! And so they, he's chasing her around, and he's loving it because Bandit's crazy, and he's laughing and cackling and stuff. And then finally, he, he wrestles it out of her, and then he like forces himself to kiss her. And then the woman, she's just like, you know, resisting it, but she's looking over her shoulder up at the sunlight. And the trees and the light through the sunlight. And then as the cloud moves into the sun and it makes it dark, then she kind of, ah, this is up for interpretation. Some would say she just like, is like, fine, this is going to happen. So some say she just gave into it. Right. Some say Uh she like like gave into it. I sort of felt like it was a survival kind of thing. It, well, I felt like the sun like hypnotized her because she kept staring at the sun, and then she kissed him back. Yeah, but that's she the thing. Like back. she kissed him back. Did she kiss him back? Because she's like, well, the writing's on the wall. You know, who knows? Who knows what's going through her mind at, at this point? Because also, that's true. This is the bandits. You got to remember, this is the bandit side of things. <laughs> The bandit says that she kissed him back. Yeah, so he's going to make it himself look better in this story. Yeah, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't rape her. (laughs) No, they never do. You know. She was asking for it. Yeah, I mean, she was like playing hard, but she was just playing hard to get. And then, Hey, she she had that foot out. She knew what that foot was going to do. Yeah. So he said, I got her without killing him. Yeah. And he walks away. Yeah, he was done. He was like, all right, see ya. Got what I wanted. Bye-bye. Yeah. And then the woman runs after him and she says, no, wait. You either have to, one of you two has to die because you are the two men who know my dishonor. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Okay. Only two. Well, yeah, because because apparently that's a dishonor. <laughs> okay. I mean, she did get raped, so it, but that's not a like this. That's not on her. No, she's the victim. Yeah, but it, but it comes back on her because the husband doesn't want anything to do with her anymore. 
Whoa. Yeah, is that in the bandit story? Um, she, uh, she says, my shame is known by two men, and that's worse than dying. I will go with whoever survives. Yeah. So you two got to fight it out. Yeah, so I think then the bandit um, unties the husband. Yep. He cuts the he cuts the ropes and mm-hmm. says, "Let's go." And you're just like, "Man, the husband just watched his wife get raped." He's he's a very stoic samurai. He showed no emotion, none whatsoever. And so they fight, and they they are very graceful in their fighting. It was a long sword. It fight. was a long sword fight. And it didn't end well for the samurai. I mean, we all know this. They crossed swords 23 times. Which was a record for the bandit because no one had ever crossed swords more than 20 times with him. Well, it was a samurai. Yeah. But whilst they are having this 23 crossing of swords, she runs away. Yeah, she's like, feet don't fail me now. And so he had to kill the dude. Yeah, I mean, that's how it was. So he said he didn't know the woman was gone, but he took the samurai sword, exchanged it in town for some liquor. And so the the judge that you never see. Because it's all from the judge's point of view. What about the uh, the dagger, the pearl inlay? And and the bandit says, oh, I forgot about that. The bandit's like, son of a bitch. That's right. I forgot about that. That would have gotten me some more liquor. Yeah, he's like, that was the most expensive item in this whole story thing. So that was the bandit story. Now we're back at the oh, house wait, temple. And then the, the bandit's also, the bandit also says, look, that, that's the story. That's what happened. You're going to have my neck for all my other bandit things. So, like, I don't care. I know this is the end of the road for me, the bandit. Because I've, right. been, I've been banditing all up and down here. Y'all all know my name. We had a nice run. You got me. And evidently they did know his name as as the biggest womanizing bandit around. Yeah, somebody um, chimes in and just says, like, yeah, he's a he's not only is he a bandit, but he's known as a womanizer. So I'm like, yeah. am I supposed to read that as rapist? <laughs> Cause that's what I'm gonna read it as. Well, then we're back at the house temple and and um, the the common man, number three, mm-hmm. says, uh, well, you know, there was a young wife and her maid uh, last fall that went to the temple and both were found dead in the mountains. That must have been disbanded, too. Yeah. And you're just like, man. And then at this point, I'm kind of like, well, the bandit just admitted that he killed the man. This is, like, what more do I need of this story? He raped the woman and he killed the man. How How is the guy so shook over this? Like, how is the That's how I was. This is open and shut case. What the hell? How is this and I don't understand? Yeah. How is this, like, why are your, is your head, like, just cracked open? Like, you just tried to explain Inception. What the hell? Well, 
number two, the priest says that talks about this is the woman's side. Oh, because no. I think the commoner kind of says, um, well, did we ever find the body of the woman? Like, what happened to the woman? And uh-huh. so I think the woodcutter says, like, oh, well, she showed up at the courthouse. And the, the commoner was like, wait, what? He was like, yeah, the woman testified. And the commoner says, okay, proceed. And so the woodcutter says, it's a lie. It's all a lie. The bandit story and the woman's story, they're all lies. <clears throat> and number three, the commoner goes, well, that's common. Everybody lies. So the priest says, oh, men are all weak. So they lie even to themselves. Mm. So uh, the common guy goes, well, tell me the woman's story. I got time. Yeah, uh, one of them says, well, because you know how the bandit said how fierce she was, and they say, I never saw the fierceness. She looks, looked pitiful to me. So when it's the woman testifying, she's just in all her white garb is all around her. She's in the like that child's yoga pose, but she's crying. Her face is all on the ground. She's sobbing. And her story is... Her, all the stories then take place after the bandit has tied up the husband. So the husband's already been bamboozled and he's tied up. And I think the bandit just straight up like rapes her, right? Well, she says, yeah, he forced me to yield to him. Yeah. So the bandit has his way. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm out. And he just leaves. Right. And she says that he laughed at her husband who was tied up Mm -hmm. and how horrifying my husband must have felt. I ran to him. She was crying. She ran by the tied up husband and the bandit went away and she went to her husband who just stared at her. It wasn't angry. It wasn't sorrow. It was loathing. Yeah. And she said to him, beat me, kill me, but don't look at me like that. So she runs to get her dagger and she cuts his ropes and tells him to kill her. And he still just stares. Mm -hmm. Doesn't say a word. So she says she stabbed him. Well, no, she says that she she has her her whole scene where she's like, don't I imagine because it's in Japanese and it, this part wasn't subtitled, but I imagine she's yelling, don't look at me. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. And he's just oh. looking at her like that because she keeps yelling something over and over again. Right. That's what I took it to be. <clears throat> and, and she says she fainted. Yeah, she fainted and, and she doesn't know what happened. She ba- she OJ'd it. And when she came around, imagine my shock. My dagger was in his chest. Mm -hmm. But I was in shock. (gasps) Couldn't believe it. So she throws herself into the pond. Yeah, she tried to kill herself. She's tried multiple times to kill herself, and she just can't get it right. What can a poor, helpless woman like me do? So now we're back to the rain and the temple. And the commoner says, the more I hear, the more confused I am. But always beware of a woman's story. Yeah. 
And the priest said, I spoke to the husband through a medium. <laughs> at, at which point, what? Like, what are you? <laughs> what? Huh? And yeah, sure enough, this medium comes out. And I don't know if this is like, if this is a customary, like a Japanese customary medium tradition or. That was weird. Her, I don't know. Are those her eyebrows or were those things painted on? Because it, it looked like, it looked like, you know what it looked like? Salvador Dali's like, mustache on her forehead? It looked like smudges from like when, when Catholic people go on ash wednesday to get the ashes it was like smudges for eyebrows but the wife had those smudges the, for well, eyebrows the wife after. the wife the, the wife did look more of like they were round so i thought that was like bruises on her forehead but wow, then two right there yeah that because was, they was, weren't was the odd. same yeah it was <clears> odd. <throat> but then the, this woman she had like she had triangles that were kind of yeah. smudges and so that made me think Maybe this is like this is a, a customary thing of the times. Maybe so I was like, I, we I, have I, seen some weird eyebrows on this show. So. Claudette Colbert. Exactly. Okay, so the medium is able to tell us the dead man story, and this is it's so freaky because it's the freaky woman medium being all freaky woman. Like, just imagine a freaky medium woman. And there you have it. And then her voice is the voice of <laughs> a man's voice comes out of her body. Because obviously it was overdubbed. But it is so... Because it's the guy telling his story of the being and the she samurai. she rolls around in the dirt a lot. And she has lots of veils. and It's, it's not even rolling around. It's writhing. <laughs> okay. Okay. She's all contorting and it's yeah. all creepy. Oh, and you're yeah. and and also you say, really, in a court of law, this is admissible? <laughs> really? There you go, actually thinking through things. <laughs> <clears throat> so the dead man's story is after the bandit attacked the wife, she sat in the leaves looking at her knees. Her virtue was stained. I mean, a woman is raped, and it's her fault. Yeah, this is you're not watching this film for the positive. Like they, they aren't okay. positively holding women in high self regard here. I, I was thinking a lot of the Me Too movement as I was watching. Yeah, it. I was kind of like, "Ooh, this is a problematic movie now." Yeah, because she could no longer be with her husband because she has been with another. But her so, husband saw her get raped. So it's not like he's like, oh, you had an affair on me and you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> he was there. He saw the abuse happen. Yeah. And he's like, nah, I don't, no, I don't want you now. You're tainted. Yeah. yeah, I'm out. So she has to leave her husband. So then it's, is she going to marry the bandit? The bandit said he attacked her out of love. She looked at him in front of her husband, said, whenever, take me whenever you want. So according to the husband, the bandit, of course, the bad boy comes in, seduces his wife, and his wife just goes with it. And you know what? She liked it. And she wants yeah. to be with him now. And yeah. I'm all tied up and I had to watch all this. Can you believe what she has just done to me? 
Well, if he had been a little better to her, maybe she wouldn't have wanted to leave. And maybe, uh, yeah, we don't know their relationship. She could have been like, I just want to stay at home. Why do we have to go on this walk through the woods? Where are we traveling to? I am very happy right here. Right. Just give me another bonbon. I'm watching my soap operas. <laughs> or the feudal equivalent in Japan. Um, and then the wife says to the bandit, please kill him or I can't go with you. Yeah. So the bandit's like, all right, come on, let's, let's go. Yeah. I, I will take you as mine. And the wife stops and says, hold on a second. We have a loose end here. <laughs> he's going to tell people yeah, he, that I wanted you. He, he's going to be all, his, his, my name's going to be all coming out of his mouth. He's going to be all talking greasy about me. He's going to be saying these crazy things, bringing dishonor and shame upon my name. You need to kill him. So the bandit threw her down and asked the husband, do I kill her or save her? Yeah, because then the bandit says, oh, that's how you're going to do your husband? This this woman, you don't tell me who I can and cannot kill. I'm a bandit. And he threw her down and then he looked at the husband and he said, do you want me to kill her or do you want me to just leave her? Right? That's what he said. Yeah, that's what he said. And then the husband, get this, the husband who has just seen his wife get raped when the bandit says, you want me to kill her? The husband said, forgives the bandit in that moment because he gave him a choice. Because the bandit was willing to kill his wife for him. And the bandit was like, no, nah, bro, we good. Or the samurai to the bandit's like, no, nah, man, we good because you said that. Yeah. That's, that, is the, that is classic what you would refer to as bros before hoes. <laughs> Except in this case, she's not a hoe. She was a woman who was raped by this bandit. And the guy said, no, I forgive you your trespasses. But she was smart enough to run away. Yeah. So she said, these two motherfuckers. That's right. Neither of them are worthy of me. Yeah. So she ran away. The bandit ran after her, but he couldn't catch her. Cause, so cause, he came yeah. back. And he cut the husband's ropes and said she got away. He's like, sorry, bro. I tried, man, but she's sneaky fast. And everything was silent. Mm -hmm. And then he heard someone crying. It was the husband. He sees her dagger. Well, yeah, so that was weird. The husband, it's silent. Then the husband hears someone crying and the husband realizes that it's him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the, the one, one crying. that's crying. So he takes her dagger and kills himself because he's fucking worthless. <laughs> so go ahead. He is. He's a worthless samurai because he couldn't protect his wife. He had one job. You have one job, sir. So he wanted, He got, like, he was just a fool to this bandit. So, he yeah, he does the, I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's not Harry Carey. No. It's That's something with the sword, else. But yeah. And I say good riddance. Right. But then he says, and keep in mind, this whole, this is like, the you know, it cuts back and forth between the action and the interpreter, the medium, who is the woman with this guy's <laughs> voice coming out of her mouth. He, so he does that. He's, he's 
he's um going in and out it's getting darker and lighter and then he opens his, his eyes and he doesn't see who but he can just tell somebody he feels somebody take the dagger out of him and then it's complete darkness so somebody took the dagger out of him he's dead and on his way to hell well i mean he doesn't believe in a hell so <laughs> well well we all know the truth <laughs> do we <laughs> so we're back at the rain at the house temple Mm-hmm. Dude number one says there was no dagger. He was killed by a sword. What? Mm-hmm. Dude number three says, well, it seems you saw the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the, the commoner had some sass to him. Why didn't you tell the court? Yeah, because the commoner puts it together. He's he's like, wait a second. You're letting you know more than you told the court. You told the court you found the body, but you didn't find the body. You saw the whole thing yourself. So what is the real story? Yeah, so we're like, well, tell us then. No wonder he you're said, so shook. I didn't want to get involved. Yeah, he starts crying. He was like, I just didn't want. And I, at that point, I felt him. Who who doesn't like? I don't want to get involved in this. I don't. Oh, come on. <laughs> just let me walk away. I just found oh the body. God. Everyone's seen enough Law and Orders to know. You know. But number three's going. Ooh, your story must be interesting. Mm-hmm. Dish dish. He's like, do tell, do tell. So he goes. Well, I found the hat. I heard the woman crying. I saw the man tied up. I saw the woman and the bandit. The bandit was on his knees begging the woman's forgiveness. Yeah, so we're like, oh, Mr. Bad Bandit, man. If you, if I had you, I, I want you, uh, I had you, but I want you more. He's like, I I raped you, but I, it's not enough for me to have raped you. I want you to want me. Yeah, I think I want you on. On your terms this time. Yeah. So he said he proposes marriage. He says, I will give up being a bandit. He says, I will be first. He says, I will be a bandit and like support you. And you can have I've, I have so much money squirreled away. You can live off of that. And he says, if dirty money is not your thing, <laughs> if you ha- if you have a sense of morality, he says, I can go and I can get a job. I'll go down to the accounting firm. I will even go to work for I you. I will go to work for you to support Legitimate you. Legitimate work. I said, Bandit. Oh, you are strong, Bandit. Yeah. And then he said, marry me or I'll have to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how he he's very romantic. And then he's like, or I can just kill you. Now stop crying and answer me. <laughs> it's time for an answer. So she runs to her husband and she unties him and she falls down. Because that took all her energy. And the husband refuses to risk his life for such a woman. He's a samurai. Isn't that what he's supposed to do? I thought that was what he's supposed to do. But the husband basically is like, you you, you have issues now. You are tainted. You're, you know, you're... You're gonna need to even talk in rape. You seem this. to, 
even in rape, you seem to enjoy him a little bit more than me. Mm-hmm. So this I'm is, not happy. This is a whole nother like set of luggage that you have just dropped upon our marriage and uh. and she has the dagger in her hand yeah and so then if this poor woman her portrayal can't get any worse then it's all of a sudden it's this thing where she then starts laughing maniacally but wait because he says you've been with two men why don't you just kill yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. She was just raped. She runs to her husband. He goes, no. Mm-mm. Why don't you just kill yourself? Yeah, you should, you should probably just kill yourself. You should probably just take yourself out the game. It's, it's not going to go well for you. Everyone's going to know about you. So, come on. You've been with two men. I mean, two so two, two whole men. You. And he says to the bandit, I don't want this shameless whore. I'd rather lose her than a horse. Yeah, he's like, Don't take my horse. You could take my wife, please. <laughs> so the bandit walks away. He's going, hey, this is too much drama yeah. for me. What the hell? She runs after him and he tells her to stop following him because women are weak. Yeah, you're too weak. So that's when she starts laughing maniacally. Yeah, and it's like, well, you broke her. (laughs) You broke her, you bought her. (laughs) And she says, if you were my husband, kill this man. Mm. And um, I thought the bandit might get me out of this. Did she say that? Yeah, she. so now... She is being, she's being conniving, and yes. is her goal is to get it's the all that's left. That's all that's left is her manipulation. So she's saying whatever she has to say to manipulate the two guys into fighting. So she tells the bandit, "Well, hey, you wanted to be my husband, and you wanted to ask everything. My husband would kill. He would kill for me. So he would fight to the death for me." There's my husband. If you want to be my husband, you got to kill my husband right now. Isn't that how it works? Are you not man enough to do that? And then she goes over to her husband and she's basically like, what kind of husband are you? You just sit there and you just watch another man like rape your wife and you don't do anything about it. What the hell kind of samurai are you? Who are? So she just insults both of their manhoods to the point where they have to fight each other. And instead of it being like the first fight where it was swashbuckling and Errol Flynn, these two, fight is hysterical. these two guys are just shaking because they are so nervous to fight and they're afraid. They're afraid and they're just blind. They're blindly going at each other. It's it's a comedy of errors. You just say, just stop, guys. What are you doing? You're really, embarrassing it was, yourselves. It was embarrassing for both of them. So embarrassing. And it ends with um, the bandit killing the samurai. He does. It, it Probably by accident because they were both so yeah. helpless. Completely worthless. Yeah. 
And the husband's going, I don't want to die. And the bandit runs him through. Mm -hmm. And the bandit doesn't even want to, is half-hearted about it, is looking at his face, says, I don't want to be doing this either. But we're men. I think this is what we're supposed to do. And she does this maniacal scream. Mm -hmm. And the bandit is back after her and gets the husband's sword and chases her and she runs away. Right. Okay. Well, at this point, the bandit's exhausted. I mean, my gosh, how much stuff do you need to do? Remember, it, this all started with a crap attack. Yeah. The, the bandit's just, can't I just go back to being a bandit? This it's is, been a rough day. I. It's just better. He gets his sword and he limps away. So we're back at the Rainy Temple house, and you hear crying. And it's not a dog crying, it's a baby crying. At which point I go, wait, what? I know. This is a curveball. And so they go looking, and there is indeed a baby in a basket. It's got an amulet wrapped around it and a kimono. And... And dude number three, the, the commoner, commoner, steals the kimono. Mm-hmm. He steals it. And the the woodcutter gets all in the the commoner's face and says, how are you going to steal the, that's a baby. Like that baby was just abandoned and you're going to steal the kimono? And the commoner says, look, that baby was abandoned by parents they had a good time. They had they made this baby and they just abandoned the baby. So this is the way of the world. This is survival of the fittest. I'm taking this kimono. What's the baby going to do with the kimono? He says everyone's selfish and dishonest. So baby's not going to miss the kimono. Doesn't even know anything about it. And the woodcutter says it had an amulet. The parents, they, the parents obviously left this baby here in this deserted temple in this driving rainstorm with this kimono and an amulet to protect it obviously they left it th- they cared about the baby and this was the best place to leave a baby in this rainstorm in this abandoned temple place <laughs> with uh, these three fools yeah were the three fools there did the parents run up They say, look, there are these three guys and they are, two of them look really shook from a story that they heard. One of them is just making a fire and listening to the story, killing time. We've got this kid that we can't take care of. Perfect. They will take care of our baby for us. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I don't understand where this baby, was the baby there the whole time? I don't know. Is this is this a, a thing of abandoned baby? I guess so. I mean, isn't it would that be the like dropping your baby off at a church if you couldn't take care of it? Or you the assume- fire department? Yeah. Or you put your baby in a basket and float it down the river? Yeah. If if you if you were trying to stop it from being killed by those nasty evil people. So um, the commoner says, you know, everybody is selfish and dishonest. Um, you, Woodcutter, may have fooled the court, but you don't fool me. Mm-hmm. What did you do with the dagger? Oh, and that just stops the Woodcutter in his tracks. 
because the Who commoner the commoner says that's real rich coming from one bandit telling the, uh, another bandit not to bandit. Exactly. So he walks off with his kimono, kimono in the driving rain. Yeah, it's already wet because they had an altercation out in the rain. They all got soaked, so the kimono's already wet. He's he he heard this story. He was like, "This story's bullshit anyway." Yeah. <laughs> well, who That's cares? You know, most interesting thing that happened today is this baby. But I'm out of here. And he was like, "I got myself a new kimono. I'm out of here." So he runs off, and the priest is holding the baby. And the rain is starting to stop. And then the woodcutter reaches for the baby. And the priest and says, the, gives him a stiff arm, a solid stiff arm. And are you trying to take what it has left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says, I have six kids of my own and another won't make any difference. And I said, one, I did laugh. <laughs> Because I, I said, oh, he kind of, I guess, does have a point. Although if I had six kids, I would say that, yes, a seventh would make a big difference. Exactly. Exactly. You're going to bring another kid in here? And where did this kid come from? Uh, you, All the questions his wife is going to yeah. ask. Oh, really? I'm supposed yeah. to believe that you just went out into the rain, listened to this story, and you come back with a baby? Okay, let me just raise this. I already have six kids to raise. Where were you? Just out in the rain? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Was in, I, was, I wasn't out in the rain. I was inside this house with six kids. Yeah. And you know how big this house is. This is a room. It's this not a house. <laughs> this, this isn't the house you promised me. This is a room. So the priest goes, I'm ashamed of what I said. And, and the woodcutter goes, I should be ashamed. I don't know my own soul. And the priest says, thanks to you, I have my faith in man again. All because he's going to take this kid yeah, home. Yeah, you don't know <laughs> what kind of a... we've been through. We don't know what kind of a father this guy is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got so shook over this story, but this guy just saying to you... Ah, I could take care of this kid. Yeah, I'm taking this kid. Don't, don't, don't pay any attention to those stories my other six tell you. No, it no. doesn't happen. Yeah, it's fine. This is this is my kid. So number one takes the baby. They bow to each other. He takes the baby home. He smiles. The rain has stopped. The end. Yep. That's Rashomon. Rashomon. And this film is the reason that there is a foreign film category at the Academy Awards now. Oh, because they couldn't see they there's like well, there's no way we can nominate this film as a regular best picture because it's not in English. So why don't we make up a whole nother category? Yeah. And then we can we can throw it a bone. Yeah. We can have we can best foreign language film. It's you know, it's not best picture. Because it's in a foreign language. So, you know, it's yeah. automatically inferior, but it has its own category. Yeah, yeah. That's it can win a best something, just yeah. not 
the best. It can't be because we all know it can't be the best. It's in Japanese, everyone. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I don't understand a word they're saying. Mm-mm. Well, I and the only trivia I had was that and the fact that he was the first person to aim a camera at the sun and that about the Rashomon effect. All right. Well, I have more then. I thought you might. So it stars. So the the star Toshiro Mifun or Mifun F I. Oh, sorry, M I F U N E. He was also he collaborated with Akira Kurosawa in for sixteen films. He was also in Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, Throne of Blood. And he was also on that Shogun TV show. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I remember watching Shogun. Yeah. Richard Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. He was in it. And so this was director Akira Kurosawa's international breakthrough. As I said, he and the actor that played the bandit, they made 16 films together. And then they had this falling out. <gasps> They had this Tell ep- the story. They had an epic falling out. I didn't really I read it yesterday. I didn't write it down. So um this is totally half-assed research. They had a huge falling out because <clears throat> at one point Kurosawa, there's this movie, something Redbeard, maybe it's called, and it took two years to shoot. And the actor had to have a beard. For two years. So he was. <clears throat> sorry. He wasn't able. To have other roles. And other people. All these other actors. Are play, playing like. Four or five roles in a year. And for oh. two years. He was tied up. Doing this Redbeard movie. And. Ooh. At that point. He was also. Producing. And. Because he was tied up. And unable to make money. For two years. His. He took a huge financial hit. Yeah. The movie did well, and he was able to recoup some of it, but he still was just like, I took a bath in this, dude. So he kind of got a little bit angry about that, and then Kurosawa started talking about him in the press and saying that he wasn't a good actor and stuff, and just jawing at him. And oh Kurosawa went through some kind of a rough period. He went through lean years in the 70s and 80s because in Japan, he was never, his films were never um, like. Appreciated? Yeah. He wasn't, his films were always liked more in the West and in Europe than he was in Japan because the Japanese people, well, there's many different theories on it. I didn't read a whole bunch of it, but one of the theories, Kurosawa said it's because Japanese have this inferiority complex and anything from Japan made by the Japanese is autumn. They view it automatically as less than. And then some people thought that it was more because the Japanese were suspicious of how he used the, he was very much highly influenced by the West and Western authors. And they were suspicious of him using the Western genres and stuff like that. But as a result, Americans and Europeans loved him. But in the seventies and eighties, he, at one point he attempted suicide 
And then he was unsuccessful or I don't know. No, he failed. I don't know the correct way to say that. It didn't work. I, he lived. He didn't die. He didn't die. And he was able to go on and make more movies. And he actually got financing help from Hollywood, like Hollywood illuminaries who were they loved him so they were able to say oh you want to make a movie yeah i can help you get financing because you're a kira kurosawa how can you not get financing okay so he was able to do more some more things and the two of them were eventually able to kind of reconcile at the funeral of one of their friends they just kind of you know did the whole bro hug and stuff and so they kind of were like back together but mm. there, so there's things of like what the, at one point during the filming of it, the cast as a group came up to him and said, what does this mean? <laughs> and Kurosawa just said, well, it's a reflection of life and life does not always have clear meanings. Right. Because when it ended, I had to rewind it, go back because I did not expect it to end that way. Mm hmm. Um, like I said earlier, it had early use of handheld camera work. It's like all the stuff when they're going through the woods. Um, the actor, Mifune, Mifune, he was considered, and he actually turned down the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Really? Mm-hmm. And in... When he appears in American films, his voice is always dubbed in English. And that was very disappointing. He always had a chip on his shoulder because he worked really hard at his English. Mm -hmm. But he was never really able to um, speak English well. Mm -hmm. He was able to do it phonetically. Um but it always kind of bothered him that his voice was never used when he was in American or English films. Hmm. He was also considered for the role of Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid. Oh, wow. But when he did the reading, producers thought he was too scary. He was too intense as Mr. Oh. Miyagi. Yeah, I'll um, bet. So here's a quote from, from him. He says, I'm not always great in pictures, but I'm always true to the Japanese spirit. Mm. And I was like, I, I did like him as the bandit. I was, you know, minus all of like the rape stuff. I was like, who is this guy? He's pretty attractive. And then he did the maniacal laughing and stuff. And I was just like, oh. He was pretty insane. Mm -hmm. He was really insane. But I, I was I was like, oh, there's some, there was something about him. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And so... These these movies of Akira Kurosawa will probably do more because they've been remade into many English language films. So Rashomon was remade as The Outrage. Oh, cool. Um, Seven Samurai was remade as The Magnificent Seven. I was wondering. Yojimbo was remade as A Fistful of Dollars. What? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. And The Hidden Fortress was remade into a little film you might have heard of called Star Wars A New Hope. 
What? Mm-hmm. Because people what? people love Akira Kurosawa in Rashomon, and all his spaghetti westerns, his whole like all that whole Clint Eastwood and mm-hmm. his his man with no name. That's all based on these Akurosawa films where it was the samurai. And see the thing, like most samurais were in a peaceful time in Japan and Mm -hmm. they always had, I don't know the correct word that they had, but they had a master. Like they always had somebody that they served. But the samurais that Kurosawa used in a lot of his films, they were called ronin. So they um, they didn't serve anyone. They were a masterless samurai. There are movies about Ronin. Mm-hmm. Huh. And this whole thing with the, the storytelling and the flashbacks, that was all that was all revolutionary in 1950. Oh, like how you tell okay. a story. How many times? I mean, look at Pulp Fiction, Tarantino. Yes. It's all over. Um, even I was reading right before we started. The Last Jedi, not only did it take from Wings, the movie that we did last time, but the whole idea that um, truth is unclear. If you saw The Last Jedi, how, what's his face? Luke Skywalker at one point says, you know, everything that you think that you know is the truth, it might not be. That was heavily right. influenced by this movie. So many movies. Are influenced by this movie. It's well, that's insane. cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. I'm glad that we did it then. Mm-hmm. So it is, and it's very short. It's 88 minutes. It is. It was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the movie we're doing next week is is uh, about this length as well. Oh, nice. What are we doing? Well, it's a genre we have not done. Hmm. And it's interesting. It's coming after this. It's not an old, old movie. It's a 1974 movie. Well, that is ancient. For some of you. It is a Western. And a comedy. What? We are going to do Blazing Saddles. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And I remember seeing it in the movie theater when it first came out. I don't even remember the first time I've seen this movie. Because I just, there's always been bits and pieces of it. It is it is pretty darn funny. It has one of my all-time favorite things. Of course it does. <laughs> it has one of everybody's all-time like, favorite I, things. I, will even, I think I even busted it out at Christmas time. I did the whole <laughs> bit about it because it always makes me laugh mel brooks always makes you laugh i mean sometimes you're horrified as you're laughing but yes and gene wilder yes he always made me laugh yes because he was so silly except when he was really creepy as 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 Charlie and the Chocolate As Willy Wonka. But he still made me laugh because he, oh, was, he was so creepy. Oh, he was a creepy Willy Wonka. <laughs> he still made me laugh, though, because he was so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rashomon, a, a groundbreaking film and that, that influenced so many others. And 
next week a comedy. Indeed. Nice. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this week. Uh, We did once we were finally able to get (laughs) together on the air. I have a whole lot of groveling to do when this is over. Oh, you're so much trouble. I'm in so much trouble. Not with me, dear listeners. Do you have the earphones plugged in the right place? (laughs) Yes. But no, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But with the Rashomon effect, when I retell this story, it's going to show me in a good light. (laughs) I'm going to have to work really hard to find a way, but I will. (laughs) He's just yelling at you. Ah, You're just like, I can't even listen. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) So we hope that you enjoyed this and we hope We leave you laughing, dear listeners. Indeed. Bye-bye.